You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, Episode 7, Following Your Inner Compass. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Hey everyone, glad to have you back. This is Sarah with Chris, my husband. We're glad to be back. (laughs) Always, always. So this episode is about following your inner compass, developing an intuition to be able to discern which path is for your highest good. Um, And we have our own little example of how things have changed in our lives, of how we've had to make decisions without our ego interrupting on what's for the best for us. So, this will be an interesting spiritual episode for you. And of course, as always, stay tuned at the end for your health tip of the episode. So, where are we? We are in the Amazon jungle. I don't know if you can hear the birds chirping around us, but they've been we've seen quite a few animals around here, especially monkeys. We saw like 20 of them the other day just traversing through the trees. Yeah, there's a a magical air about this place. There's bird calls I've never heard in my life. There's one bird we like call we named him the water droplet bird he, he alternates between making a water droplet sound and an alien laser gun it's very interesting <laughs> maybe we'll it's pick strange it up at the same time hopefully he uh, comes around and joins us for the podcast today. <laughs> so we arrived in the amazon um well we were in iquitos which is still considered the amazon but in the actual forest itself um a few days ago and we're staying in a very lovely place. In uh, San Pedro. San Pedro Lodge, which is about 30 minutes outside of Iquitos. Um, it's a wonderful little place, very rustic. Uh, we have our own little um, bungalow. No electricity, but we have everything we need. We have our bed. We have a bathroom right here. And a mosquito net. And we have each other. <laughs> so it all works out. Um and yesterday, we had the opportunity to go on a jungle adventure. We did a six-hour and 45-minute hike through the jungle. And let me tell you, I got my ass kicked. <laughs> when you have to follow behind a Peruvian man with a machete, you know that you're actually going on a real hike, not just like some trail marked <laughs> with red and yellow squares on the trees. And this man with a machete is 68 years old. Doing it like he's, I mean, he has done it a million times, but he's doing it like he's a 20-year-old. Right. You know, and here we are struggling, the humidity, the bugs. Oh, it was hot, hot, hot. But it was an amazing experience, and I'm so grateful we had this opportunity. We even got to see a tree, a lucuna tree. Um, There's not many left because of um, deforestation. However, um, the lucuna tree was 450 years old. This thing is huge. So that means it sprouted, in. it began to sprout, in the mid-1500s. Somewhere around there, yeah. This tree is enormous. We'll post pictures soon. Um, we also got to see another breed of tree. Uh, I forget what it's called. Do you remember the name? 
I don't. Really beautiful trees. Wow, there's a little bit more of them left, but it's sort of deeper into the jungle. Yeah, he was able to uh, give us a tour in regards to the plant medicine as well. Mm-hmm. So we we came across Unia de Gato, which I've featured on um, a health tip. Um, and we saw Sangre de Grato. Sangre de Grato, mm-hmm. Um, what else did we see? There was various plants he was showing us along the way. Showed us the plants to make ayahuasca. Yep. Um, a lot of, a lot of interesting trees when he would cut them slightly with the machete, they would ooze different colors of sap. One of the trees, it was milky white, and they use it for diabetes and other illnesses, uh, parasites, um... It's really interesting. I mean, it literally is nature's pharmacy. It is. It really is. Um, And just to have somebody that's so knowledgeable about these things. But anyways, so things have changed a little bit. Things have changed. Originally, our plan was to come into the Amazon and live for three months at a house in a very remote village um, about two and a half hours outside of Iquitos in the jungle. However, after much discussion and weighing out the pros and cons between the two of us... And due to some unforeseen circumstances. (laughs) Many unforeseen circumstances, which we'll get into later. I don't know if you can hear that animal, but it's very strange. Um... We've decided not to do this anymore. We've decided that our path has directed us elsewhere, and we're looking forward to creating the next level um, by combining both our determination for rooting somewhere for a couple years as well as working 24-7 on our business, which we could not have done in the jungle. However, this, this this is where this episode came from. Because, you know, the whole year we spent, the whole past year, planning this trip with the goal in mind to live in the jungle for three months at this specific house, doing specific things, you know, meditation, yoga, cooking over a fire. Like, we wanted it to be a me time, so to speak. We wanted it to be time for self-reflection and really to get away from the noise and the people. And oftentimes when we have a plan set, we it can be very difficult to notice the signs when maybe the universe thinks you should be elsewhere. And this was something that we had to learn. You know, it's something that people have to learn for the rest of their lives, multiple times, us included. But it took us a couple months to really piece the, the synchronicity puzzle pieces together to realize that maybe our plan was supposed to get us to where we are, but isn't supposed to come to fruition in the way that we had expected. Um, I guess we could start off with how the first signs, right? Yeah. So Day one. <laughs> so about a month back, maybe a month and a half now, we were traveling from... Quito. Oh, I wouldn't even go there yet. That's like in the middle of it. That's not even the first synchronicity. The first synchronicity is day one in Colombia. The very our feet hit the ground, and I had a guava and a papaya, which were our amazing foods. But 
most of the foods here are heavily sprayed with pesticides, herbicides, things of that sort. Um, as soon as I bit into this fruit, I, I erupted with eczema, which for those of you who don't know, it's what the doctors think is an autoimmune disorder. Um, but it shows on your skin. It's definitely correlated with diet, although some doctors disagree. I'm a prime example, so I stand by that theory that it is definitely related to diet. But I've had this eczema, long story short, since I was in, in fifth grade. It's come and gone throughout my years. Um, but over the past year, it, it seemed to lie dormant because I was eating the proper foods to keep it that way especially with us becoming so healthy, health conscious. Well, as soon as I bit into these fruits, I immediately started itching on my wrists and my elbows like usual, um, which was interesting because it was an immediate reaction. But since that day, it progressively got worse. And now we're at two and a half months. Um, this last week is the worst it's ever been in my entire life, literally covered from my chin down to my feet. Not a single white spot of skin left. It's just red, inflamed, itchy. I haven't slept in two and a half months. So I apologize ahead of time if I stumble on my words. Um, but that was one of the things that it just started progressively getting worse throughout the time. Um, and then this is the second thing that happened to Chris. So in Quito, um, we were taking a bus from Quito to Banos, which is about three and a half hours away. Um, in Ecuador, yeah. Nice modern bus, and there weren't many people on it. It was a morning bus. And I had kept my backpack um, below my feet, under my seat. I could see part, half the backpack, and the other half I was, you know, I couldn't see at all. And... So after we get off the bus, we go to our hotel, um, we check in, we end up going to lunch, and I end up coming back and going to reach for my computer while my computer is missing. Um, I search a little bit more, and the $250 that were in there was missing. Um, and then I've come to find out that my iPod was gone as well. And um, our guess is that um, after vetting the hotel owner and asking some questions, um, our guess is that the person that was sitting behind us had gone underneath and grabbed my backpack, unzipped it, and took the things out of there. So, again, they're material things. I was upset in the moment, um, but our lives are, you know, we were safe and our lives were not harmed, and so materials can always be replaced. That's not the problem. So, um, we're in need of a computer because, obviously, our Stolen Wonder is based online, as you know, and we do a lot of business online, so um, we need a computer. It's kind of important. So I am looking around frantically trying to find something. The computers here are very expensive, um, and so I'm, I'm looking on eBay trying to possibly exercise two options of either one having one shipped here or two having somebody that we know bring it to Peru in January um, and we can get the computer at that point. So I found a computer, I buy it and on eBay. On eBay. And so after I purchased it, we had a little problem. The first of all the payment was not going through. I tried 
probably 25 different times of trying to get this payment through with 25 different resources. <laughs> yeah, not just, it wasn't because we were in Ecuador. It was even my parents tried to buy it in the United States and it still didn't yeah, work. Yeah, we thought it might have been location sensitive. So I tried eBay, PayPal. Finally, we got Venmo to work. So I send the money and I get a, I wake up to a notification the next day saying, um, sorry, I have really bad news, but I dropped the computer, and the compu- computer's completely shattered now. So, uh, man, I'm just like, what is going on here? Nothing is working out. So, I he proceeded to return my money, which is good, um, and so I found a second computer. <laughs> well, and you know, the original thought of getting that computer would be to have a Peace Corps volunteer who lives in Peru going because she was going to her house for christmas the thought was to have the new computer sent to her parents house during christmas and then she would bring the computer back here in january and send it to someone who'd be coming to iquito so we'd be getting the new computer around january we wouldn't be getting the new computer in january if we were not here to receive that um so there were more things that started to happen that we started to realize, wait a minute, let's think about the signs, the external and internal signs of what's going on. So you had the computer thing. I've had my eczema progressively getting worse. And I'm I'm going to be honest here. There were, I, I had a few breakdowns throughout the past two and a half months, like just complete hopelessness, in tears, can't sleep scratching myself so hard that I'm bleeding. Chris has never seen anything like it before. So I don't want to play that lightly. Like, my health was really suffering, um, and I wasn't willing to look at it. How ironic, considering <laughs> our business. But I I had this goal in mind. No, we have to get to the Amazon. We have to get to the jungle. We have to be there by December 10th. This is what's going on. No ifs, ands, or buts. I even overlooked my health. He has his computer situation. Um, then what ha- What else happened? We'll talk about the package. The package. Well, so before even the package, um, we get to... Well, I'll tell him about the package after this. We get to Iquitos, our, what would be considered our banking and shopping town, about two hours away from what would be our house. And we're supposed to get in touch with the lady who owns the house or lives in the house. She tells us, okay, meet me at the market the next day at 10.30. Well, we go. She never shows up. We send her emails. She never responds. She still to this day has not responded. And this was what, 10 days ago? A little less than about a week ago. About a week ago. Um, And here we needed to contact her. We needed to know what do we need to bring. Do we need some food for the first few days because we would have to come back to town anyway for some other things, uh, do we need to buy rain boots? What's going on? Are we following you to your house? That was the original plan because it's not exactly just off the main road. It's a little bit of a trek to get there. She never responded to anything that we ever sent, still to this day, which was weird. And that's what actually got us starting to think. And Chris, on an energetic level, was feeling really strange in Iquitos before this whole standoff or stand-up thing happened which we still don't know the situation maybe it was a miscommunication unintentional doesn't really matter at this point but 
he, he energetically he was just really off really short with people around him really kind of crabby <laughs> um and he kept telling me you know he just didn't like the feeling he didn't like the feeling there and I thought maybe it didn't maybe it didn't reach his expectations of what he thought the place would be that we were going to live for the next three months but just on an energetic level he wasn't feeling right um, so then we decided to start really evaluating some things and my health being the primary focus because it it was getting so bad. I, I was ready to just go to sleep and not wake up. Like I, I wanted anything and everything that would keep me from having to experience this anymore. But the last thing I wanted was to leave the jungle. So I lost my train of thought. What were we? Oh, yeah. So we decided to consult my oracle cards. And that's where it got a little interesting. Because the first card that I pulled was, or the card that I pulled from the oracle deck was called the Book of Changes. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the Kuan Yin oracle deck, um, the Book of Changes is a message that if you're experiencing a delay in plans, or possibly a complication with plans to relinquish control and allow spirit or, you know, your higher consciousness or the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, to allow it to alter your course in the way that it knows is best for your highest good. In other words, if something's not going the way that you want it to be going, there's a reason for it. When one door closes, another one opens. Um, that's, in a nutshell, what the Book of Changes is, which we thought was really funny, because at that point, everything that we had planned for an entire year seemed to be at a standstill, and we didn't know what the next step was. So we decided, okay, we're going to kind of trust in the situation. Maybe things are just delayed a little. It's okay. Things are the way they need to be. Um but then we consulted a few people about their advice, what they think, and this is another important thing that we're going to discuss later, the importance of realizing that sometimes people outside of yourself can view your situation from an objective perspective and provide the best insight because your ego is getting in the way. And a handful of people all said, in their opinion, my health should be first priority, the universe didn't seem to want us to go to the jungle to live for three months and that there seemed to be other paths that were opening that are probably better for us. Um, and we, after much consideration and thinking, we decided, okay, you know what? We're going to focus on my health. We're going to go home. We're going to go home and we're going to figure the next step out. And literally as soon as we made that decision, Christopher's mom sent him a message about... Three weeks ago, she had sent us a package, and it can take anywhere from two weeks to two months to whatever, four months. It's always unsure when it's going to arrive. Uh, and, that, and we were a little concerned about that. We're like, oh, shit, well, if we leave, she just spent all that money on what, you know, for something for us to not even get. But she sent, a, send a, sent us a Facebook message that said, oh, by the way, the package was returned. I made a mistake or there was a mistake in some kind of process and the package wasn't able to send. And she asked if she needed to resend it. And that was kind of an affirmation, not even kind of, that was an absolute affirmation that literally within seconds of saying, okay, you know what, it's time to go home. His mom says, oh, the package never sent. It's returned. 
it was another synchronicity that just sort of basically showed us like okay you know this makes sense one my skin two his computer three his mom's package four the lady not ever showing up or even contacting us and it took a lot for us to put our ego aside and our expectations aside for us to realize hey you know what something else is happening something else is coming and it's going to be exactly what we needed yeah, and I think that's why it's important to open your heart to any and all possibilities, no matter <clears throat> what decision you're making or what you're doing in life. I think it's so important to make sure that you keep an open mind. Um, expectations can oftentimes um, fail us, and when they do fail us, you know, it's sometimes it's hard for us to swallow that. It is. And, you know... Constantly being aware of the signs, both externally and internally. Um, you know, a lot of these were external signs. Obviously, the internal was my energy, um, the way I was feeling when I was there. So, monitoring that and being close to yourself to understand that maybe it is more than just a bad feeling. This is your intuition or your gut telling you that it might not be the right situation for you or in your highest good. And I think, you know, here's the thing. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, I don't, I'm afraid of failure. If I come up with something and I don't follow it to at the end, I'm, I'm a failure. Here's the thing. Life changes constantly. When have we ever really planned something and it actually came to fruition? I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. It's not supposed to be a negative thing. But think about it. Plans oftentimes change because of things that we cannot see. And the importance isn't to feel like you reached a goal or didn't reach a goal just because something worked out or didn't work out. The importance is to be able to adapt as your life navigates these streams. I am a firm believer that the fact that we were planning an entire year to come to the jungle to live was everything that we needed to get us to, one, Colombia, to Ecuador, to see places we never would have seen otherwise, to meet people we never would have met otherwise. We've made some amazing contacts throughout that time. We also figured out that Colombia has been our favorite country that we've ever traveled to and that we would actually like to come back to that point someday, whether it's to stay for a little while or maybe offer retreats, you know, for our business, who knows, but we will be back to this continent. And if we hadn't have planned the, that the, the stay in the jungle was a concrete plan for us to make us feel better about not having a plan in Colombia and Ecuador, because we knew, okay, we have something set in stone. We have a house to live. We have our money figured out. This made us feel secure. Without that security, we probably would not have backpacked South America because it's not practical for us at this point in our lives. So because of that, it got us out of our comfort zone, which we like to do anyway, yeah. put us where we are, and so what? At the very end, we realized this isn't supposed to happen right now. This isn't what we want right now anyway and that's another thing that we've learned throughout traveling is our desire to create a nest and root somewhere for a little bit and really develop our own lives together 
on a sturdy foundation that will probably change within two years because we're still nomads at heart. But we really, really, really have been desiring this time to be together, to be alone, and to grow because we have yet to have that as a married couple. And to have our own place to call our... I mean, yeah, we've had temporary living spaces and Mm -hmm. um, having our own space and a sacred space in which we can um, grow together and create. And... Um, so with that being said, I mean, a lot of this is just being able to evaluate and reflect. Mm -hmm. And those are things that we have not perfected, um, that we're still working on, but these are realizations that are now coming to the surface that we want to make sure that we make aware, you know, so we can bring to you. Right. so, So you can become aware of that. So the real question is, how do we know when the ego is in the way and we're not paying attention to these synchronicities? Or how do we know when the universe is speaking to us through various signs? Um, And that's the tricky part. That's the tricky part. But the only way to be able to distinguish between the two is to become closer with yourself. The more self-aware you are, the easier you will be, it will be to be able to say, okay, that's my ego talking, or okay, this is my higher consciousness trying to get me to do something else. You know, the concept of changing your mind doesn't have to be about being fickle. It doesn't have to have the negative connotations that it often carries in our society. Changing your mind means that you've been able to remove yourself from the situation, assess it from an objective perspective, and figure out which solution is better for you. And if it's not the path that you originally chose, why force yourself to stay on it? But like I'd said, our society often makes you feel indecisive and fickle if you can't just stick to one thing and go. And I'm not not saying just leaving at the sign of, you know, the first sign of trouble. That's not what I'm saying at all. We were persistent throughout this past two and a half months to get us to where we were. But there comes a time and a point where you have to be able to go within, silence your mind, and be able to discern the path that's highest for you. So, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, and the other thing too is um, transcending fear. Um, We oftentimes, you know, fear is an obstacle that a lot of us have to overcome and there's situations that I'm put in where you know I have to get over the fear of something whatever that is um, and so that is one major thing that I think um, you know throughout your life you can constantly work on is overcoming fear of something um, particularly your fear of the unknown um, which is probably one of the most powerful fears that exists and I think that fear of the unknown is what perpetuates that cycle of stubbornness to make a plan happen because it's a comfort in our mind when we have it figured out like okay by the end of August next year I'm going to be here it's a it's a false sense of security because realistically we don't know what's going to happen next year the future is constantly evolving and changing and you know for us now we have no clue (laughs) Uh, we have absolutely no clue but what we do know is that we are living in the present moment we are enjoying every minute of it and whatever does happen and come out of this 
which we will let you know, um, will be the best for us. Oh, absolutely. At that time. And it always works out that way when you're willing to... Surrender. Yes, when you're willing to surrender and go with the flow, you will always be okay. It will always be okay. I, You know, we both have experience with this in the past, as do all of you. Every single one of us has had something that didn't happen the way it planned, the way we planned, and then something better came out of it. Think about all your breakups, for example. <laughs> imagine if all of your exes, imagine if, like, that actually worked out because you wanted it so badly to at that time, and it kept you from meeting the person you're now married to. Or it kept you from meeting the person you now feel like you're going to marry. You see, it's we think we know what's best for us until something better comes along. But it's about listening. It's about staying true to yourself. And it's going to be like that for the rest of our human experience. So we might as well go with the flow instead of resist. Where you're going to find the most conflict and tension. Yeah, and just embrace it. Um... I mean, it's the best I can say is just embrace it. Um, when you do resist, generally things that, um, you know, you don't want mm-hmm. can happen. And um, I think embracing it and going with it brings positive growth. It brings positive change and it brings positive transformation. And, you know, to be able to go within, you know, it's so easy for someone else to say, oh, just, you know, Become self-aware. But how do we actually do that? How do we actually connect with ourself? How do we establish that personal relationship? And there's various ways to do so. And it spans, you know, it changes across different religions. Um, you don't have to have one at all even to get close to yourself. But for personal examples, for Christopher and I, these are some of the ways that we connect so that we can evaluate our lives from an objective perspective and make the best decision for our progression and spiritual growth. One is meditation. Meditate, meditate, meditate. If you don't like to meditate, prayer is a very good um, alternative. Basically, it's just a time where you can be silent with yourself and evaluate the thoughts that do come into your mind and let them go. You know, just let things come, let them go. Let things come, let them go. Breathe, be still. If you can reach a place of transcendence through that moment of being still, that's great. But if you can't, that's okay too. You're still taking that time where you say to the universe, I love myself enough to be still in this moment and be with only me in this moment. And that says a lot. And if you pray, that says a lot too. You're reaching out for external help or assistance to help guide you. Um, And that's going to increase your awareness to notice these signs, to notice these universal synchronicities that are trying, you know, that says the universe or God or angels, whatever you want to call them, spirit guides, are trying to reach you, trying to guide you. It's going to make you more sensitive to these sort of things. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is um, getting out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? So that teaches you a lot, um, being able to leave your comfort zone. I recently wrote about this, but being able to pop the bubble, as we, as I said um, on the post, but surround yourself with maybe people that you normally wouldn't surround yourself with. Join a club, join a group. 
Um, do something you've always wanted to do, but really never gave yourself the time to do. And through that process, whether the end goal is to finish what you're doing, you know, or get to where you want to be, you will, you will notice the, the changes that come within you, the self-awareness that it brings about by doing those certain things. Through that, you'll be able to notice when are you resisting and when are you going with the flow? Where's the conflict? Where's the tension? And how can it be released? Definitely. We also use tarot a lot in our um, our own journey. I've been reading tarot cards for a very long time now, going on about eight years, and it has helped me tremendously to navigate trials and tribulations and even just daily things in my life. I don't depend on the tarot to get me through things. However, if I feel like I can't come to... If I can't connect intuitively to myself at that moment, the tarot is what helps me connect intuitively to myself at that moment. Um, because everything your subconscious desires come forward. They are brought to the surface and you're able to evaluate them in a sacred time space where past, present, and future are all at the same moment and you are you have a bird's eye view of the entire situation. So... That's something that Christopher and I definitely use. We use it quite a bit with our business. We use it quite a bit with, you know, our adventures. It's It keeps us communicating about the subject matter. It creates a safe space for exploration. And, and for anybody that's doubtful, please um, contact us. Consult us on that. Sarah is very talented. Um, tarot reader. She knows what she's doing. So um, if you're indecisive about a decision, um, maybe the tarot can help you. And the point of it is the tarot isn't making any decisions for you. I want to debunk that myth. Nothing is happening for you. What it is is it's empowering you to make your own and best decision by providing the information using symbolism with the archetypes of the cards to bring forward your truest and deepest desires about the situation. You know, sometimes we just need to talk about it to be able to understand it. And that's what the tarot does. It provides that space to do so. And I can do it whether it's in person or from afar. In fact, I've done quite a few now at a long distance um, since we've been traveling. And it's just as effective, just as exciting. I make a voice recording of the reading and I send it to you whenever um, I get it finished. But now that we're going back to the States, wherever we may be living, if you're in our area... I would love to set up a time where we can meet and do the tarot reading in person if that's what you prefer. However, the long-distance tarot reading is wonderful for a convenience factor for the both of us. Um, so those are some ways that we connect. What else? Yoga. Yoga, definitely. Yoga. It's a, it's, it's a movement meditation. It helps you to really become in tune with your body. And um, that helps you to evaluate where the resistance is, you know, on a physical level and a spiritual level as well, as well as emotional. And I think the other, lastly, the last thing I'd like to mention is um, the power of mantras and manifestation of, you know, envisioning um, things in your life that you could or that you want to possibly change and grow from 
and using mantras to do that. And that's also a part of meditation and yoga. So it's all kind of combined. But these are just some tools. There's a lot of others out there um, that I'm sure you could find that suits you. Um, and again, when it comes to meditation, you know, I often like to say to people, you know, if you don't want to sit down um, today for 20 minutes, then go take a walk in nature. Mm -hmm. Go surround yourself with nature, the, with the animals, with the plants, with um, the trees, you know. Mm -hmm. And there's a like something that just comes over you when you're in nature. You just feel refreshed. It's like you're hitting the reset button. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Helps clear your mind. Create a creative space as well, which is nice. Yeah, so that is, I think, it. So within the next week, we'll be headed back to Buffalo, New York for just a short time. Uh, and then North Carolina for a little while. So yeah, we'll uh, keep you updated on our journey. There's going to be some awesome awesome guests that we're going to be having on our podcast yes can we tell them about them can sure. we tell them about yeah, yeah. them let's tell them i'm only going to tell you a little bit because i don't want to tell you everything our next guest though i'll tell you about her we have three very good ones lined up over the next month and a half month yeah month. Month. um but our next guest she is a plant-based mother living in hawaii and you can look at look her up on instagram at at Earthy Andy, um, or you can find her blog at earthyandy.com. I believe if it's not .com, it's .org or one of those. Um, and we will be talking to her about how plant-based nutrition saved her, not, I don't know if it necessarily saved her life, but it definitely cured her illnesses, as well as how it is raising children on a healthy vegan diet and living in Hawaii, being able to do so. So, We'll have an interesting interview for you with her there, and we're looking forward to that. Yeah, and then we got two more coming up, but we'll leave that till uh, it's a surprise till next time. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, uh, before we conclude this episode, I want to bring the health tip Bum, the to you. And today's health tip is going to be on probiotics. So. There's a lot of information out there flooding the internet, flooding marketing campaigns. You know, you'll see it on TV about probiotics. Probiotics, um, they're necessary for most people. However, it depends on how you get these probiotics. So a lot of the probiotics, the supplements that are on the market, um, to be honest with you, are a waste of money. And... They're actually not giving you the strains nor the strength that you need um, to produce good gut bacteria. Um, so each of us have has trillions of bacteria in our guts that are essential to life. Um, they're very, very, very much essential to life. And this bacteria consists of good and bad bacteria. Um, a lot of us have imbalances. Therefore, we have a lot of bad bacteria that creates a lot of harm um, throughout our body, not just our gut. So we want to make sure that we get the correct probiotics in there to replace and flush out that bad bacteria. So 
over my course of, I don't know, a little while now of researching this um, and testing this stuff out on my own body. Because before I recommend anything, I always test it out on myself to make sure that it's valid and it actually works. Um, so I've gone through many different probiotics, um, a lot of pills, um, and the pills are, you know, some are great. Um, the ones in the fridge that are live um, are definitely better than the ones that are just shelf-stable. However, if you're going to get any probiotic, I recommend it getting it through a liquid. There's a company um, you can use. Um, you can buy it off Amazon, I believe. It's Mary Ruth's Probiotics. And they are very strong, very potent, and they work. And you can make your own. And you can make your own, too. Um, however... If you're going to do anything, I highly recommend using Mary Ruth's probiotics. Um, and then also, um, if you have access to organic food, which most of us do, even better, a local farm, the probiotics that come off vegetables is absolutely incredible. So next time you decide to um, spray down your vegetables with your um, your natural cleaner, Instead, kind of leave the dirt on. Um, you know, you can wash them a little bit if that makes you feel better, but leave some of that dirt on. In that dirt is probiotics as well. Which a bunch are, of little microorganisms that are your friends. Which are very, very good for your health. So, And that's, that's probably the best type coming from live foods. Well, that's where we used to get it all. I mean, if you think about it, did we need to buy a liquid probiotic at the store thousands of years ago? No, that's preposterous. We didn't need to depend on supplements then because we had clean, organic, fresh farms where we could pick our vegetables and fruits directly from it. Imagine um, gathering berries for your family, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, wherever you lived, berries. Like, they accumulate those microorganisms. And back then, we weren't destroying our guts with heavy consumption of inflammatory food items and processed foods. So we were getting the proper microorganisms to regulate our system. But now in this day and age where we eat like kings and kings back then had gout and a lot of issues, <laughs> we eat like kings and we forget that processed food isn't actually food. And so we've destroyed ourselves. So I think that's a good thing to explain for those of you who are thinking, well, wait a minute, why do we need these supplements now? You know, so... Yeah, and a lot of our soil has actually um, become depleted um, because of over-farming, sprays, and all that. Um, so anyways, yes, if you're going to do a probiotic, um, use the one I recommend, um, or you can do some research of your own. But um, anything in a liquid, I always recommend liquid. If you're taking any supplement, use liquid. It absorbs quicker um, and is definitely more potent. So... That concludes the health tip. And who, sh who should be taking probiotics the most? So who should be taking probiotics? People that are suffering from digestive disorders, which is... Pretty much everyone. Probably 
85% of Americans, um, IBS, Crohn's, colitis, you name it. I mean, the digestive disorders go on and on and on. But um, I highly recommend that you um, begin taking it. And you take a little bit at a time because a lot of these liquid probiotics are very potent. Um, and they actually might cause gas and bloating <laughs> and things that you may not want to experience right away. So start off little by little and work your way up. And um, I promise it will... It will help you out tremendously. Yeah, you'll blow people out of the water if you <laughs> if you aren't careful. <laughs> so um, we look forward to um, speaking with our next guest and bringing that episode to you. Yeah. But in the meantime, any questions, concerns, please reach out to us and uh, we'll be at happy to answer. At transform at com. Yep. Or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Inc. And we will talk to you later. Adios.